All right, folks, we're back with another Red and White podcast. And if you hadn't had a chance to listen to our Belt Bowl preview, I suggest you stop and go back and listen to that now. We had Justin Strawn on from Mississippi State's Bully Barkline radio show. He was awesome. He gave us a lot of insight. And I think you won't, you won't find a better intro or Mississippi State primer out there. And I think it's worth checking out. But continuing on our Belt Bowl extravaganza, this week we're joined by Miller Yoho of the Charlotte Sports Foundation. And y'all might know him by the Twitter handle at Belt Bowl. So Miller, thanks for joining us. It, it is me, the the Twitter handle. <laughs> a lot of people just we always say it's a Twitter bot, but there is there is someone behind it uh, trying to stay relatively anonymous. <laughs> well, I hope we don't out you too bad here. <laughs> Do we need to edit the name out of the uh, episode there. It's a strange enough name that people are going to probably find it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you've done a Reddit AMA. Uh, you know, Belt Bowl's pretty active on social media. You're one of the more visible bowl Twitter accounts out there. So aside from being just being fun, what inspired the Belt Bowl to be so interactive with the fans? So I joined the Charlotte Sports Foundation as the director of communications two years ago. And we do a lot of things in town, but uh, we're most known for running the, the Belt Bowl, helping out the ACC championship game, and, and then now the kickoff games. Uh, but with the Belt Bowl, we looked at it. It had been run by a few different people, and it had done a really good job. But um, we felt that with social media, it's it's really there to kind of be the front line of um, kind of customer service and building a bowl personality. I really took time to speak with a lot of people I respect. Uh, Brooke Haney, who's Travis Haney's uh, wife, uh, she's really good in social media. I talked to her. Um, talked to Matt Revcheck down at Florida Citrus Sports. And what I, what I began to figure out is no one really wants to go to the Belk Bowl. No one wants to go to any bowl uh, at the beginning of the year. They just want to go to the college football playoff. That's all you're thinking about or you're thinking about a New Year's Six Bowl. So what we want to do is create an account that engages people, that's fun, that when your team falls into our pool that you're beginning to look at look at which bowl you want to travel to or, or figure out wh- what you're going to do with your holiday plans. When you see the Belk Bowl, you already know, hey, the, these people have really put effort into getting to know us and that this account really uh, is passionate about college football and it understands what kind of college football atmosphere is online. And um, most importantly, we represent Belk in the best possible way. So it's been a, it's been a growth process. Accounts evolve, but uh, after two years, I think I got a pretty good handle on it. There's still some insanity that that flows out of my fingers sometimes. <laughs> is it true that the Belt Bowl is in fact far superior to the Russell Athletic Bowl in pretty much every way possible? Yeah, I mean they do listen to Nickelback in there. <laughs> um, no, that's the oldest joke I just started with randomly one day. Just I tweeted. I had an intern, and I changed their name to Russell Athletic Bowl, and had the intern te- uh, text me, yo, do you have any Nickelback? Can I listen to it? And I screenshot it and tweeted it. And anytime I make a Nickelback joke, it blows up. But uh, he's really, really good at his, and it's a different voice, but I would say Matt and I kind of are the two that tweet the most uh, out there, and we're really fortunate that we're allowed to kind of push the lines at, at, at times. So going off that, how hectic is it dealing with all these different fan bases tweeting at you say before the selection process even begins. Yeah, that, that's something that's been really, uh, 
I think um, I've been really blessed with is I have a, a boss in Will Webb, who's our executive director, who understands social media isn't necessarily there to just sell tickets. We're not just going to throw a link out there. We can build relationships with fan bases. So what, what that relates to with the selection process is he's kind of allowed me to use the account to gauge fan bases. So it's every day, every two days leading up to selection. He's asking me, hey, where are, what are NC State fans saying? What are they doing? And I have lists. I track popular people like you guys. You know, you're you're big fans of NC State. I'm tracking you the whole the whole year, seeing what you're saying when it comes to the Belk Bowl. But we're able to get a good feel for it. But also, we begin to build relationships with fan bases. Every fan base is different. They range from being a message board fan base to a fan base that only communicates in gifts on Twitter. So <laughs> it's trying to figure out who they are, meet them where they they are, and and kind of tell the story of, you know, we want to give you the best fan experience and the best player experience that you're going to have out there for a bowl. How would you classify NC State fans and Mississippi State fans? Are they message board fans or gift fans or what? See, it's it, it's really interesting, um, starting with Mississippi State. They've really, when we talked to them, they made a big point with social media because in Starkville they don't have as much traditional media, so to get their message out, they put a lot of time, energy, effort into developing their social media. They do a lot of digital content, um, and NC State does as well, but that's been a huge focus, whereas in the Raleigh area you have you know a lot more publications. They can lean on traditional media, so you see a lot more fans in uh, for NC State, may, maybe a little bit more message board. But what I found is there's a pretty strong Twitter community um, and it's just, you know, I think there was a lot of uncertainty who was if they're going to be coming or not. And as it got closer and closer, we could see the NC State fans were very excited, and that's why we uh, made this selection. So, keeping on that, who's who's been the most persistent fan base this year? Like before the before the selection, do you have fans <laughs> begging but, you? Uh, there there's a there's a um, SB Nation blog down for Texas A and M called Good Bull Hunting. Uh, and we've just kind of developed a really good relationship with them, and the past two years we've broken just their hearts. Um, <laughs> then there's also, you, you have like blogs like that, but then also you have fan bases. Um, I think everyone's pretty cognizant with Virginia Tech was really pushing to come to the Belk Bowl, and, and we, were, we weren't able to take them, but we got to see a fan base really push, really push, and I've never seen anything like a, that before in my two years. But at the same time, when we selected NC State, we're very excited. We couldn't, we were over the moon, but I'm getting hit with, you know, Virginia Tech fans are upset. You just can't respond. But as a fan base, they were tremendous and they care, they're passionate. Um, but it's just one of those things where you can't really say, hey, look, you're going to come one of these years. Just, it's, it's cool. Just, you know, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of different types of fan bases. So, so what kind of impact does a fan base have on the ball selection? Yeah, that's that's really cool. Where I have my executive director in my office asking me um, who's saying what what we're doing, and, and if you go back and look, we we I call it poking the fan base, um, the seal of Facebook term. But I'll throw out stuff like I think there was a week before selection where I was kind of threw out a uh, I made a Wolfpack joke with a with a um, hangover gif. I did that again today, but it picked up immediately. We could really see that people kind of like the idea of. Um, Charlotte, the Belk Bowl, and we hadn't really talked about it till then. We kind of build, uh, begin to build up steam. So we do, we do really look at what you're saying, and, and we encourage. We try to, we try to respond with everything. I view selection and the time leading up to it just as important as the time leading up to the game. So if one particular fan base is more active, and let's say you know we're a bunch of NC State fans, and we like to get on Twitter and beg really hard, you know, are we wasting our efforts? 
No, not at all. I, I would say if a bowl has a strong social media presence and someone who's responding or reacting, it's being noted. It's something, um, if, look, we're, we're, to be honest, bowls are trying to sell tickets. It's, <laughs> it's something where, you know, we, we, uh, we have, we're a nonprofit, but we have to break even, so we have to sell tickets. And it's really important that we register which fan bases are excited and want to come and are passionate about having a great experience in Charlotte. So if you're, if you're intelligent, and I, I would surely hope that most polls would take this philosophy of use it as a gauge of who you want to select. I'll give you one chance to take that answer back. Otherwise, you've opened up Pandora's box for Wolfpack Nation in the future years. Oh, no, yeah. I, I refuse to take it back. <laughs> I... Uh, I uh, I, I don't sleep much leading up to selection, uh, but I have tons of filters. I try to respond to everything, but we I really do measure it. And look, I one of these days you guys will run me off Twitter with the amount of tweets. But until then, bring it on. So, can you tell us, you know, about a time in the past when a particular fan base has gone gone over the top, either trying to get your attention or the aftermath? I know particularly uh, yeah. last year's state fans are pretty. Uh, maybe a little butt hurt that we didn't get to go to Charlotte, but has <laughs> there, there been there other times? Um, yeah. I would say last year, one night, Tennessee really caught on to the idea of coming to Charlotte. Um, and I kind of, as I said, kind of poked the fan base. And I was like, all right, I got nothing's really happening. I'm going to run to the gym. Well, I can't, you know, this, I know I'm going to be up late tweeting. And I come and literally my phone is just like, won't work. Um, <laughs> so then, me being a weirdo, it's like, oh, let's, let's have fun with this. So I go and find, um, there was a magazine that had, uh, for lack of better terms, a naked Kim Kardashian on it and said, Kim Kardashian broke the internet. So I just opened up Photoshop, took out Kim, and put a picture of Smokey, their mascot, when he was really <laughs> cold and had him on the blanket and just said, Tennessee just broke our internet. And then that really blew up. Like, it got picked up by a bunch of, like, uh, news stations and things. And that's where I kind of realized, like, that's the power of social media. Once you begin to get the ball rolling and understand who the fans are, what they're passionate about, and build those relationships, you can really um, kind of build momentum going into the bowl. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break, and we'll come back to finish our discussion with Miller and talk some more about the Build Bowl. If there's one thing state fans do well, it's tailgate. And I know for me, the most important part of a tailgate is a Wolfpack cooler. You have to ask yourself two questions. How clean is your cooler, and how cold are your drinks? Nobody wants to reach into a dirty cooler and grab a warm beer. Now, I've put rock salt in my coolers for years to try and chill beverages a little bit quicker, but a lot of times I'll either use too little or too much, and I'll have a can filled with slush. I'm also guilty of being a little bit lazy when it comes to cleaning the cooler after I'm finished with it. Then I found Frostbite Cooler Salt. This isn't just salt, it's salt combined with safe and organic ingredients that clean your cooler while it's getting your beer super cold. The really cool part is that it doesn't just clean your cooler, but it cleans everything that goes into it. So when you pull that beer out, it's not just going to be super cold, but the can itself is actually going to be germ-free. And it comes conveniently packaged with the perfect amount to sprinkle over 20 pounds of ice. You can find it in a growing number of stores in the Raleigh area, as well as online if you're outside the Triangle. So check out CoolerSalt.com, that's C-O-O-L-E-R Salt.com, to find the closest location to you and see how you can have a clean and cold cooler every time. Frostbite Cooler Salt. Colder, faster, cleaner. 
So I remember seeing something, I think it was a week or two ago, that said that there had been more tickets sold for mm-hmm. this year than last year total. Yeah. Is that, that, that kind of a local team thing or just the difference in the fan bases or what do you what, – what's the explanation for that? Well, I think it's a local team thing and I think also last year at the first year of the college football playoff, no one really understood how the system was supposed to work. And if you look at it, uh, one team got flipped in the rankings with another team and they hadn't played at all. And because of that, both Georgia and Louisville, who we had last year, ended, uh, we selected them that they had no idea that they would be coming to Charlotte at all. So neither fan base had made those preparations. And that's what kind of reiterated the importance of building these relationships. Um, this year, ticket sales are going strong. We're excited. Um, what I can tell you is I personally, in this next week and a half, I'm going to get on social media and challenge state fans or NC State fans to come. It's uh, There really is no excuse. We know it's a Wednesday, Christmas, or New Year's Eve Eve. It's the 30th, but it's at 3.30, and we all know that you guys are probably going to be watching the game anyway, so go ahead and take the day off. You can make the trip down, make it a day trip, see uh, Carrie Underwood perform for free, support your team, and then you can make it back to Raleigh or stay in the great city of Charlotte overnight. Is there any I way like we this. can get that uh, Carrie Underwood intro? <laughs> yeah, you know... <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, as soon as I get to meet her, which is never, uh, I'm <laughs> sure to get information. Well, with ticket sales going the way they are, shouldn't you just go ahead and lock State in for every year unless we're in the playoff? Yeah, I mean, well, look, it, hopefully you can get the Buck Bowl bump and, you know, bump up to the playoff. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I think you guys are very – we tracked you from the beginning of the year. Um, it's a tremendous fan base. Uh, it's blue collar. It's uh, you're football fans. You're not go out there and tailgate and you're going to win a tailgate and lose the game. You're going to go out there and win the tailgate, and win the game, and win the after party too. Um, you're the kind of fan base that is passionate about their team. That's why we're bringing you in 2017 for the kickoff game. Um, we want to. You guys say you want to paint the city red. Let's do it. Much so better you- choice than Carolina for that year. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, I tried to set you guys up. I was not uh, intentional about that, but I, uh, not, there, I'm not there. there won't be a wine and cheese shortage at grocery stores in Charlotte that, that week. So that's all I'll say. All right. <laughs> well, can you, can you give us a little insight into the madness that goes around in selecting balls and schools yeah. and all that junk? I mean, I know it's so confusing for everybody. It's just not cut and dry like it used to be. Yeah, so let's just speak about the ACC and that selection process. You go your college football playoff teams, and then for some years the Orange Bowl is eligible, and then the years it's just at, at large, and that could take 10 minutes to explain. But that's college football playoff, New Year's Six. After that, um, the Russell Athletic Bowl will select a team to go listen to Nickelback with them. And then after that, that it enters a pool system where the four bowls and the, uh, and the conference and, the, and kind of schools work together to make selections. And sounds complicated, but it's really actually a whole lot better system. One, because you're not just slotted into a team. And two, because of that, it allows you to bring, one, create compelling matchups. Two, to bring fan bases to new and exciting places. Or to bring, like your case, bring NC State close to home where they can hopefully sell out the stadium. Um, so that's kind of the process, and in its madness, I uh, we didn't know until the day of who we were taking. I didn't know until three o'clock. I get a text. I tell everyone in the office. We announce at three thirty. I have graphics made for every possible team ready to post, and uh, we roll from there. And it's just trying to respond to everything. 
uh, a lot of bulls uh, talk about it, but those first three, four days are really important when it comes to ticket sales. So we really try to hit that hard, but at the same time, you want to build relationships with fans where they not just feel like they're getting tickets shoved down their throat with a link, rather it's a relationship. So do you have different bulls, say two bulls want one team? Is there an order in the pool or... I mean, how do they work that out? Well, have you seen, what's the second Batman in the new series? When the Joker breaks the cute, uh, the cute stick and throws it in there and they fight over it? No. Uh, that's not <laughs> what happens. Uh, you know, I honestly can't answer that because it's it's not out of trying to trying to avoid the question. I just honestly don't know. That's on a much higher level than me. Um, I, and gratefully so. Sorry. No, that's fine. So it worked out with mississippi state and nc state and i know you even said earlier you mentioned blue collar for us and i think they're really close to the same kind of school in -hmm. general so could it really have worked out any better to have those two fan bases there no i think it's great i I could not be more excited and i think i think the quarterbacks play is going to be fascinating i think both teams are kind of in a really interesting place with uh the quarterbacks leaving but you know, looking into what next year is going to be like, and this can kind of be the step forward. And then there's an interesting thing that most people don't know is the coaches are friends. They apparently had dinner Sunday night and had it planned even before selection in New York. So they go back. Uh, it's kind of that relationship, and it's it's a really unique matchup where um, we have a fan base who's been here before, who's trying to go 3-0 and all the time, and we have a fan base who's never been to Charlotte. So it's exciting. Um, it's really perfect. I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard that about the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. That's if there's a. I did a Periscope video of the press conference, and you can see them kind of laughing when they take a picture with the trophy. And like Mullins uh, messing with Doran, telling him to put his dukes up, and they take a picture with their fist up, but they're cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I have to look into that. I wonder what the connection is. Do you do you know? No idea. Huh. That's, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good little tidbit there. That's bring me on more, guys. I have. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we avoid the confidentiality agreement, we're good to go. (laughs) So, so speaking of that, who do we have to take out to Del Frisco's or a nice dinner to get the the policy changed on allowing cowbells? Look, I uh, Mississippi State sent us cowbells like a as I guess a holiday gift, and I bribe you mean? Yeah, I've never touched one, (laughs) Um, and I'm in my office. It's a nice office, like right eight feet nine feet by nine feet and i just pick it up and like barely move it and it was one of the loudest sounds i've ever heard so i what i'm going to tell people is lean into it have fun um there'll be a little surprises hopefully for nc state fans um in terms of uh how we can make the game experience great for you but don't view it as a nuisance view it as something that this is a really unique college tradition that you know, we all like college football because there's marching bands, that there's live mascots, that there's these really unique traditions. And this is one of those ones that is just out there. And I, I say lean into it. Have fun with it. Um, heck, make your own cowbells. I know you guys are an ag school. You could probably find a way to get that done. Uh, that's exactly right. It's exactly what we said on our uh, last podcast. It's, we're the ag school. We need to embrace. We need to embrace it. We need our own cowbells. The real cool thing about it is they've been so trained that they, uh, for the most part, will stop ringing their cowbells once the ball is set. So they know they when to ring and when not to ring. They know essentially the rules of the games to avoid having their team penalized. That's awesome. Mm. So will that actually? I know those are SEC rules for the bells. Well, do you know if that'll be enforced during the game? 
or the game here with it not being a conference game for them? Um, I believe so. Yes, I I think they're just so conditioned that it won't be an issue. Cool. So who outside of NC State or Mississippi State? Who's your team? Oh, you wanted me personally? Yeah. Um. So I went to Furman University for an undergrad. Okay. Um. That's my cop out answer. No, <laughs> I uh my my family went to Clemson and I went to grad school there. So it's been a very nice year for me. But before this, I worked at a small Division two college, and I learned uh, that they're a bunch of 18- to 22-year-old kids, so I don't get too crazy anymore. <laughs> I, I've, I I've, seen, I've seen the decision-making that they make and the decision-making I made, and it's very similar, and I try not to judge them for it. I think a lot of people need to take that to heart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A, a big part of our fan base, as a matter of fact. But... Well, well, good luck to Clemson. That, thanks. It's it's exciting. Um but it's crazy. I, I I pretty much watched all the game their games this year, but I probably watched five or six NC State and probably five or six Mississippi State. I watch all the games, so it's just a really cool job to have. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's not bad. I have two TVs hooked up. It's a great way to spend a Saturday. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Just just trolling the internet and reading, uh, watching football. You need an intern <laughs> by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't want to keep you, or we don't want to keep you a long time, but I have one really important question that was kind of set up by events that took place yesterday. So a team will win, and I know there's going to be a trophy presentation. What are the chances we can get Steve Harvey to announce the winner of the game? I'm not sure Steve Harvey's ready to go in public on the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you have a sort of a PR job. How big of a flub is that? Um, you know what? I, I think he owned it the best he could by putting it all on him. Uh, I would, if I was, I'd recommend anyone to spell check your tweets, uh, oh, when yeah. you try to apologize. That's <laughs> so, so he wasn't, uh, apologizing to a book in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> but you know what? I think he was honestly in working at, I, I love chaos and I laughed at this, but I, he handled it the only way you can is, is apolo- being apologetic and, you know, just kind of rolling with it, putting it all on his shoulders, which I think is pretty unique. I would have just run, just run away. <laughs> well, Miller, thanks for joining us. And if you know, there's anything we can do to help you and help ticket sales and keep poking Wolfpack Nation to show up, then please let us know. We're more than happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say two things. I'd say one, just keep interacting with us. Do you guys have questions about? <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what to do in Charlotte? You know, all that stuff, we're here to help you. Check out BelkBowl.com. Then, too, I, I think this is a challenge for NC State. We want you guys to see how many Wolfpack of Wolfpack Nation are going to show up. Uh, make those cowbells go silent. What's What's the record for one school? Ticket sales we, or number? You we know. sold out, but I don't, we can't really keep it per school. We have the allotments, so each right. school has an allotment, but after that it becomes general ticket sales. We get tracked by zip code, but... That doesn't real. It's really complicated, and you know, <clears throat> a Mississippi State fan could be from Raleigh, North Carolina. So, all right, fair enough. One more yeah. question about the game, kind of to help yeah. out with people that go. Uh, can you go over the whole parking thing? Is it just a bunch of individual lots and a general time of when they'll open, kind of thing? Yeah, um, I would. So, there's really two answers for this. One, if you're staying overnight, just park your hotel and walk. Charlotte's Charlotte's the perfect city to host this game because if in Uptown Charlotte you can walk anywhere um, and you'll say tailgating but there's a Carrie Underwood concert so you're not really gonna be tailgating you're gonna be at the concert 
And then two, if you are parking, uh, I would plan ahead of time. I would contact lots. There's a lot around. Um, if you need help, you can. I would recommend contacting the Panthers or reaching out to us, and we'll try to get you uh, straightened out as best as possible. All right. Perfect. And, hey, and don't don't expect it to be perfect. It is a middle of a work day uh, for some people who are insane and don't want to go to college football game. <laughs> Lunatics. I know. Uh, you know, there can be people, people working. Parking could be terrible. As long as it's not as cold as it was when we played Louisville there the last time. I was there. Good. That game was – the game was good, but it was so cold. I mean, uh, it was, was miserable it, cold. It wasn't as bad as Duke-Cincinnati in 2012. That was the coldest I've ever been. How was yeah, the game? It was the best punt I've ever seen. Will Monday hit a 79-yard of one-out bounce at the one-yard line. What? It also was yeah. that famous uh, one where – uh, there was that big gambling thing that Scott, or not Scott Van Pelt, but one of those guys always talks about that there was that big line swing that a lot of people lost money on. I was there as a fan, not gambling. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. You remember a punt? Oh, Google it. 70, like, go, I mean, go, 79 yard punt, yeah. Type in Will Monday Belk Bowl punt, and you will be your mind will be blown. <laughs> we'll link to that one in our notes too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Well, thank man. you, Miller. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. We will talk to y'all next week. Go pack. Mm-hmm.